Okay, so we're back for the second session of Regency Cthulhu. And I think the first session went pretty well, so I'm looking forward to tonight. Um, and once again, we have uh, Clay, Polly, and JJ. And let's see, I was going to start off with an icebreaker question for you guys. And this week, I thought what I would do is... Um, starting with Holly. Yes. Tell me about an awkward party you went to, or your favorite type of pie. Oh man. Hmm. I have to say, it's black <laughs> blackberry Sorry. pie is my blackberry favorite. pie. <laughs> I was thinking about this last week and I was listening to it uh, and you guys did a great job of role-playing being at a party where you didn't know anybody and kind of were awkwardly dancing. <laughs> All right. Uh, Clay, favorite pie yes. or awkward party? Uh. I've been to or have been awkward at many parties. Uh, <laughs> and my favorite pie chess. Chess pie. Chess pie. JJ. I'm a follower here. Yeah, it's gotta be chess pie. But what you is... know, pecan's good. And parties? Uh I got about a decade of parties that uh, I'm <laughs> awkward. Time. Yeah, you know what's awkward is when you drive 24 hours through a blizzard to a New Year's Eve party in Denver, and the permit for the party is for a different county, 80 feet away from the venue, oh. and you wind up in a warehouse called the Ice Box because it has no roof during the blizzard. <laughs> On to Cthulhu. Yes. All right. Well, okay, so let's see. So last week, um, I asked you guys actually through Slack about what you thought about the doubles rule. Um, I don't know if you saw that or not. But basically, under classic Cthulhu rules, if you roll double zero, then that is a fumble. And if you roll a zero one, then no matter what your skill is, that's a critical success. And the doubles rule, <clears throat> which actually comes from a game called Open Quest, which is sort of like an open source version of the same rule system. They have it where a if you roll doubles, so like a 44 or 55th or 99, that is always either a crit or a fumble. It just depends on whether you got below your skill or not. So mathematically uh, what that means is if you if you roll on a skill and you don't have a very high skill then your chances of fumbling is much higher if you're really good at something your chances of getting a crit are much higher um and it's sort of like becomes more or less 50 50 it doesn't really affect anything other than 
more crits or fumbles, but it's neither better nor worse if you have a skill that's somewhere around the mid-30s. So the pros on that were more wacky stuff happens. The cons are that, you know... More wacky stuff happens. <laughs> it means that, you know, bad things, hap bad things happen more frequently when you roll on a skill that you don't have a very good stat on. And if that means that you guys as players decide you're going to try you're going to decide to try to do fewer things because you're concerned about fumbling then that's probably a rule we shouldn't use because i don't think a rule that encourages you not to do stuff is a necessarily a good idea but i kind of like the idea because like with roll master and stuff, I always liked the crits because it gave more mm -hmm. description to what happened yeah. to stuff, and I, that's what I like about it. It's just sort of like, yeah, you do this insane shot, but then you roll again. It's like, and you got him like right through the eye. So it's just adds that extra little bit of description to yeah the damage for weapons and stuff like that. But for Cthulhu, it could be a little more interesting. It's like. Also, I mean, I think, like, if I, if, as a GM, if, like, you know, I, I'm sort of, like, arbitrating what the crit means, and so if you roll, if you, if your chance of critting is one out of every hundred rolls, and you roll double zero, let's say, so it's a fumble, then I'm sort of obliged to say, like, all right, that's, like, a catastrophically bad outcome, right? Yeah. Because it's so rare, but if it's, like, you know, one out of 20 rolls, because you have, you know, five percent chance of fumbling then i feel like it's more a wacky fumble but not you know catastrophically bad i don't know well you know me i'm always for wacky <laughs> you wacky as an unrepentant min maxer uh, i feel like i should say yes to this rule as penance <laughs> <laughs> i have no skill over 50 Thus, mathematically, this is completely not in my favor. So, yeah, let's do it. Okay. All right, let's see. One other thing was, I think last week I told you all that um, there was a, a couple of the old maiden women at the uh, at the hall. There was uh, the dowagess Lady Emma, who is the, the mother of uh, Sir James. And then I think I had said that uh, Miss Combs was uh, the mother of Lady Lydia, and I got that wrong. Actually, uh, Miss Combs is uh, the sister of the Dowagess Lady Emma. Hmm. So she is Elizabeth's great aunt on her father's side, uh, and then Lady Emma is her grandmother. Okay, so let's see. Once again, we're going to try to use Sirenscape. Uh, and again, the link for it and the, the sounds I'm using are going to be in the show notes. Um, so, be doing fun things like. Spooky sounds. <laughs> um, all right, and so let's see. So, last week. You all, uh, we had the Reverend Jennings, uh, Captain John Stone, and uh, the mysterious Gemma Brocklehurst, all attending the uh, uh, North Lake Ball 
and found that there was a in the midst of the card playing and dancing and whatnot that there was an enigma that there was the long corridor which is strangely long impossible to explain and after investigating that a bit our uh three intrepid investigators uh more or less all sort of drifted to the library together uh and are sort of investigating in parallel um together and found some interesting clues in the library about the north lakes uh family tree and also i think you're in roll 20 what i've got for you guys is a clue board mm. Emily tree yes Let's see. this is fun There you guys go. So these have been uh, so the family tree and the history that you found in the North Lake Family Bible has been added to your blue ward. Okay. Right. But then also you can pull them up in your handouts, which I think means you can zoom in a little bit better. Or they might be easier to zoom here. I'm not actually sure which works better, but anywho. Um so it is where we left off was that you all three were in the library um alone and i believe that the reverend jennings had been examining the family bible while uh Gemma was examining the jewel in the uh, the bijou case on the side of the library right. yes scandalously attempting to open said thing Yes. Yes, I'm, and, I'm wavering about whether or not to pry it open. And the Reverend Jennings, you made an observation. A, a curious pattern jumped out at you. Um, and I think we ended just in when you realized that um, every hundred years, the uh, one of the North Lake children dies. Yeah every 113th or whatever right yes, yes. The, the 13th year of every century okay. and we are in the 13th year of this century da, da, da. Da, da, da. so and does uh, it say which age that they die at age 14 is that right i think it was different ages it was the year that was the pattern. So while the reverend is examining this big, heavy Bible on the reading desk, and <clears throat> what is John Stone doing? I'm standing back from the uh, possible breaking and entering. It's, it's entirely too scandalous. But... Ah. Uh, I think I may approach the reverend and 
ask if he sees anything referring to the hallway. Well, you originally came in here to see if you could find some sort of plans or maps to, uh, or anything on the history of the house, I believe. Right. That's true. Yeah. So somebody would like to make a library use roll and see if you can find anything of that nature in the, in the shelves. Hmm. I may attempt, but I'm going to suggest that the Reverend may be more, um, likely to succeed than I. Oh, oh, hold on. Before we do anything else, um, you all kept track of your the luck points you spent last week, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> okay. So what you need to do now is each of you make a luck roll versus your current luck and tell me if you fail it. Meaning you roll above it. Uh, no. You failed it or you made it? No, I, I chose now to roll an 07. Okay. <laughs> I failed it. Okay. Clay? Um. Okay, what am I rolling? I rolling percentile dice. Every... Okay, okay. Versus your current luck, and tell me if you roll above your current luck. I should have done library use first. <laughs> oh. My current luck, I rolled an 85. And my current luck is 39. Okay. So Polly and Clay each roll a 1d10 and add that to your current luck. Alright. Seven. That's all right. Okay. So you each have recovered that many points of luck. Uh, JJ, since you made it, you don't get any luck recovered this, this session. That's okay. I'm sure I will still push my luck. <laughs> okay, so do you want to make your library use roll, JJ? Uh, I want to, yes. Now that you got that measly seven 50. out of the way. Yeah. 50 out of 20, so nope. Nope, okay. These look like books. Here, I'll give it a, I'll give it a go. Nope. <laughs> okay. So, so, uh, so yeah, Reverend, you know that you do have a number of records back at the church. Um, the, uh, was at the Upper Terryford Church. You've got records that probably go back to the 1500s about uh, all things going on in the parish. So you may be able to find out some things there. All right. So, Gemma, uh, have you are you still twiddling your letter opener and deciding what to do? Um, I I am going to pry it open. OK. Yeah, because you tried to pick the lock last time and failed. So now your alternate method is to try to pry it open in a way that hopefully isn't 
I'll say that if you are able to get uh, a hard success or better, then you can probably pry it open without it being too obvious. Okay. Like, you know, it's uh, no scratches or anything like that. But if you get a critical, if you get like a critical failure, then you damage the lock or something like that. So it's a one D one hundred. The D one hundred, yeah. And versus your versus the skill. Okay, what skill were we going to use? I guess it's like what strength. Um, sneaky strength. <laughs> I don't think uh, etiquette. No. Mechanical uh, repair? <laughs> uh, I mean, if you're, just trying to, if you're just trying to force it, then I would say it's probably your strength. Okay. Um, don't know if there's anything else that applies. Um, or... Archaeology. <laughs> or also, yeah, uh, if, if you want to try, we I, I could say that because by prying it is different from picking it, you could still apply your uh, locks, locksmith skill to it. You're just doing it in a different way. If that's better. Um, I think that I was sort of like locksmith I've got is one possibility. I was also thinking sleight of hand, but I guess that's not the same thing. Stealth? Uh, no, that's not really the same thing. I think stealth is the ability to not be seen by an observer, and I think sleight of hand is your ability to pocket something. Um, but this is more there's a stupid lock between you and the thing you crave. Okay. So, so well, you can, either, so you can then... either, yeah, I guess either lock picking would be getting the lock open through, you know, Play, fiddling with the tumblers, and then I think uh, forcing it with the letter opener is honestly it should be strength. Um, but uh, well, I so I rolled a seventy nine, and my strength is sixty. Okay, so that's a failure. Yes. Do you want to use? luck points to try to get that to a regular success that would still show damage to the table? Or do you want to leave it as a failure? Um, see, it would take 19 luck points. I'm going to go also going to add, I'm going to point this out that you've been in this house for a few weeks, so you probably have already seen this table before. So this is not a new thing to you. Um, and you might be able to find the key since you are staying here. Huh. Or you might be able to convince Sir James to take it out of the case and show you. If he's not busy hosting a party. So. Alright. Alright, I'll leave it alone. Okay. So you, you try to pry it open, and you end up slightly bending the, the brass letter opener, but the stupid table doesn't budge. It's just really well made. It probably is well better made. 
perhaps we could go and see if anybody wants to discuss the long hallway among the residents. Well, I'm just very about. I'm curious what that young woman was doing in the library, but I guess she's been bustled off by her mom, right? Her older sister, Where, but yeah. Or her um, older sister, yeah. So. Maybe but one of the drunker family members. Will probably speak around to this us. time, though, I'll say that um, Elizabeth kind of like comes into the library and basically, you know, says, "Gemma, there you are. Oh, you're being horrid by." Hoarding the men. We need more men to dance. There's too many women. <laughs> and then she grabs uh, John Stone in one arm and uh, the Reverend in the other and kind of like uh, pulls you back toward the dance floor. Yes, let's go dance. Uh, back to combat. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, and Unless you have anything you guys particularly want to do, I figure we can continue on and have like the rest of the ball go late into the night until people inebriated on punch and uh, I don't know, claret. Uh, well into the evening, there's a late supper around midnight uh, and then people are kind of poured into their carriages to head back home. Uh, and probably over the course of the evening between the alcohol and the dancing and just, you know, continued social obligations, you all really don't have much time to think about this long corridor. But... Okay. So, the next morning, uh, Sunday, September 19th, is anyone waking up with a hangover? Oh, certainly. But this is much better booze than I'm used to, so it's nice. not nearly as bad as it is in the field. Also, Jim there's coffee available. Drinking. Okay. So she's not waking up with a hangover. She, she pretends, and sometimes she pre pretends to be slightly just to... Work the room. Work the room, yes. Okay. So you wake up surprisingly cheery and... Of course, the North Lakes are all, I think, very exhausted from putting on a ball and uh, and then being social and then, you know, everyone is sleeping late. Uh, reverend, did you did you drink or were you a good reverend? Uh, I'm feeling a little, little bit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I checked my constitution. I rolled a little over, so it's okay. <laughs> Actually, everybody, yeah, Clay and JJ, give me a constitution roll and see how how you're feeling. Less than half. All right. You got the army liver. Standard issue. Yes. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I claim to be feeling fine. <laughs> Oh, I am feeling fine. Uh, I guess the river is a lightweight. <laughs> yes. So I rolled a four, which means um, my extreme constitution success. is 50, so it's an extreme success. I don't know if that gets me anything, but... Uh, well, it means <laughs> that you are fresh as a daisy and 
probably a little too chipper at the at the breakfast table. Yes. Birds are I singing an aria about you. <laughs> the North Lakes are just looking at me like. <laughs> when is she going to leave? <laughs> All right. So, uh, see, Reverend, you probably have to put on uh, do morning services. Oh, nice. <laughs> but fortunately, a lot of. <laughs> Your congregation is hungover and uh, pretty pretty chill. Yeah. Okay. Because quite a few of them you saw the night before. Yes. So. I suppose I'll attend. <laughs> you, you know, seeing as I may die, I suppose <laughs> I should care for my immortal soul. Okay. And Gemma, I guess you you ride with the North Lakes to this church. Reverend, what is your sermon on? Hmm. Anything what good or my... just pulling one out, one of the old favorites out? Play, uh... Playing like one of the classic hits from your first album. Should it be like Fire and Brimstone or should it be like The Positivity of Friends and Getting yeah. together. I think that'd probably be better for everybody there. Let's keep yeah. it light. The other guy could do the <laughs> light and fire short. and brimstone. Yeah, light and short. Also, the French are demons. <laughs> <laughs> Frog demons. Yeah. Okay. We'll put a so few after... jokes here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so after, after you pass the plate and the second or third uh, hymnal, Things wrap up, and everyone is sort of gossiping and chatting as they're kind of heading off, and of course, telling the North Lakes about what a fantastic evening they had and everything else. Is there anything anyone want to do? As people are sort of filing out. Uh... Oh, I, yeah, I would like to talk to the North Lakes and thank them for their horse brutality and all that. Okay. <laughs> I will give them a very good deferential proper bow. Okay. <laughs> My lord. Alright, so oh, this oh. is a good time to find out gossip if you guys want to ask around. If you're interested in any gossip or are feeling the curiosity about what you discovered in the uh, North Lakes mansion last night. Is uh, Georgina around? Uh, I'm sure she is. Can I go talk her up? All right. Let's see how her night went and uh, what she thought of the hallway. If she has any dirt on that. So the Wentworths with Georgina and her sister Emma are uh, chatting outside. So, of course, they... You know, as they come out, they speak to you briefly. Um, thank you for the sermon, all of that. Um, but then as soon as the last person is kind of filed out, you can um, head over to talk to them more. Uh, do you want to make a charm roll on uh, Miss Georgina and or her family? Yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> <laughs> a charming Becca. 
not really. Georgina is still probably a little under the weather from all of the dancing and whatnot, and so she puts on a brave face, but she's clearly not paying too close to attention to what you're saying. All is well. All is well. I believe I danced with Emma yes. that night. Yes, so, the two of you were uh, separately going after the sisters. Right, so I will take the other flank, and uh, although my charm is not great... My persuasion is, so maybe I will persuade her that I might someday inquire upon calling after her and seeing her again. Okay. You may also maybe oh. use persuade on her father. Ah, okay. Well, then let's persuade her father. I rolled a 51 out of 50, so I will use that point of luck. Okay. Mark that down. Done. So, so it's a narrow persuasion. There's a bit of babblage, but then you kind of clear it all together and basically uh, through the powers of your persuasion are probably able to get like an invitation to come to luncheon or something. Most most obliged. Yes. And you know, the reverend's like, dude. I should use and perhaps I could too. invite the reverend along. <laughs> I won't say that, but you know, later I will. Uh, now, one the man upon one's wing is, yes. must be depended upon. God on your side. Could okay. I sneak in it? Could I do a persuade roll and try to sneak my way in? <laughs> After hearing the conversation? <laughs> yeah, sure, if you want. Uh, how, how, would, how would you persuade them to invite you? I mean, I guess you're standing right there, so it's pretty awkward <laughs> if they don't invite you. He's like, <clears throat> <laughs> I am free. <laughs> <laughs> I am a Why great not? lover of lunch. <laughs> I, I eat food. <laughs> sure, why not? <laughs> Do it. Oh, yeah, he makes it. All right. So, of course, they, they would love to have the Reverend come. And so uh, plans are made to come uh, maybe on Tuesday. Excellent. We we refrained from fist bumping. <laughs> or the 18th century, 19th century equivalent. You look at each other and go, capital, capital. <laughs> Gemma, you're over with the North Lakes. Yes. So there's something that's been bothering me about this image of the family tree. And that's that there are a lot of names that have a birth date, but no death date. Like in the 1400s and 1500s and 1600s, there's B's, but no D's. Okay. So. What? If you look at, yeah, if you look at the tree itself and then look at some different names, you'll see a lot of where it's born but not died. And, you know, if it, suggesting that they never die. Because if somebody's born and, and dies in childbirth, it just has the same year, you know, birth and death. 
Like well. a Miss Joan Croft? Yes. And Rose Curdy? Interesting. So, what I would like to do is sidle up to Miss Elizabeth and start, you know, saying how fascinated I am by her family history and I'm, you know, sort of a I'm, I'm just interested in great families and lineage and I uh, I believe my family has connections to William the Conqueror but I just want to learn more about studying family history and her family history seems so interesting buttering her up like that in the hopes that if she can't answer questions or doesn't want to tell me stuff she'll point directly open. okay So, who are, who are you going to? Who are you speaking to? I'm sorry. So I was going to start with Elizabeth because she's supposed to be my friend, right? Right. But I want to learn about her family, so I'm kind of hoping that she'll say, "Oh, you know, I'm not so into genealogy, but go and speak to, you know, my great aunt." Huh. Well, yes, Elizabeth. You know, she is not uh, one for. Um, such dry matter. So yeah, she tells you she honestly doesn't know. She's never really thought about it. Um, so you probably, you know, should suggest you speak to Lady Emma or you know Mrs. Coombs, uh, who definitely are from the older generation and they know more about such things. Cool. So that's. Or you could speak to Sir James as the man of the house. How old is Sir James? Uh, Sir James is... Well, he's in the family tree. I know. It's like, <laughs> I just moved away from that image and I've got to get back to it. So uh, he was born in 1773. So there you go. Okay. 40. 40. Um, I'll, I'll try Sir James. I'll try some flirting with Sir James. Okay. People love to tell you about their family history, right? So I, I have acting that might be useful for this, or psychology. Well, let's see. Or fast talking. <laughs> so you're just basically asking him about... Uh... Well, I'm trying to get him to tell... Like, I, I'm trying to get him talking about himself by saying, like, oh, it's so interesting. Your family seems so wonderful. I'm sure that you're connected to, you know, blah, blah, yep. blah. Oh well, yeah, I mean, he can tell you, you know, he, his father died um, not long after he was born. Uh, like, I think he died when James was four, but he still remembers him, says he remembers him quite well. Um, and, you know, his, because of his father, you know, the line, like the, the estate passed to him and not to a cousin. So, um, all of that. Um, and yeah, I can tell you a little bit about the, the recent family history is probably what he'll talk about if you don't ask him anything specific. So 
I'm trying to remember where we, we saw the family tree. Like, we had to dig through the Bible or the Bible, but the Bible was on a podium, right? It was on, a, a, like, a mahogany writing desk uh, in the middle of the library on a little stand. And the family tree is, like, right inside the, the front so cover. That suggests that it's right there for anybody to look at. Yeah. Like, they're proud of it. Yeah. And you've had pretty much the run of the house, so you could have looked at the Bible at any point in the last, you know, few weeks. So then uh, that's what I'll do. It's I'll just tell him how fascinating it is that his family is so ancient and clearly, you know, connected with all parts of history of England. <laughs> I'm just totally sucking up trying to get him to tell me family story. Okay. And yeah, he will tell you family stories about uh, various things as, you know, his uncle got up to and his, you know, uh, things like that. But uh, give me a charm roll to see how much he actually, you know, is entertained to tell you as versus like, you know, he's going to maybe want to go off and talk to other people. You know, this is like a social kind of like time of the week. Although, again, he's also a little tired from last night. Sometimes when people are tired, they start writing. Sometimes, yeah. <laughs> nope, I failed. Okay. Well, he kind of gives you a perfunctory story and then suggests that maybe he'll tell you, tell you later. Uh, but right now, he really must go speak with, uh, you know, the... the one of his... Uh, managers of farm managers okay. and so he leaves you leaves you and the other ladies um jj or uh i'm sorry captain or reverend do you want to join Gemma over here with the north lakes certainly i uh yes. i will ask the uh reverend if he might like to look through the archives of the church later as we walk wow. over and perhaps see if there are any records in your, your uh, care that might explain some of this strange mystery. Why, sure. We definitely could peruse the library. There's a few tombs that we could check out, yeah. Okay, so... As you approach and you talk with, you've got uh, Lady Lydia and Elizabeth, as well as the dowager Lady Emma and Miss Combs, chatting with Gemma, who you met last night. And what would you like to talk about? Is anyone around here hunt? Oh, of course. Yes. Uh, I, uh, I, sadly, I, I must apologize for not knowing the lay of the land, so to speak. But I would see if there are any other enthusiasts. Uh, so, uh, Lady Lydia suggests that you, maybe you should speak with Mr. Havelock. Uh, she believes he is quite a keen hunter, uh, especially for uh, out with his fowling piece shooting uh, pheasants this time of year. Yeah, quick heels. Mm -hmm. 
Much obliged. Okay. All right. So, guys, is there? Do you want to try to ask about any of the questions you might have had from last night, or do we just want to move on? Uh, I'm. I was hoping that I might find one of the uh, that the Lord of the House might be into hunting, but that not being the case, I will uh, wait until he is no uh, not engrossed in conversation mm-hmm. and ask him if he would mind settling a bet. Okay. Um, he is intrigued. Um, and then I will say, see, it's, it's not exactly clear after the evening. You'll apologize. Not everyone was fully cognizant, but the long hallway, I, I long can't quarter, figure yes. it out. It's, and I will, I will say mathematics is part of my profession. I simply can't figure it out. How, how did you, how does it work? What's the trick? Hmm. It's, it's longer than the hallway beside it. Oh. I thought that. Yes, I believe Elizabeth said something about that uh, this morning. It was, I, I could not believe my eyes. But it, it's, I, I, have you have you heard of this? I've never seen anything like it. Uh, he's like, no, it's uh, that corridor is quite gloomy. I think. Uh, I'd, honestly, when the uh, the hall was remodeled, I don't know why. Uh, let's see, it must have been oh a hundred, almost a hundred, over a hundred years ago. When it was re- the the building was rebuilt, uh, I can't imagine why they didn't incorporate that hallway and just have it be part of the ballroom. It's rather un- unnecessary, architecturally speaking. Uh, we don't really use it very much, uh, so I don't know. It's you say it's longer. I, I don't know how that could possibly be. I, I, I well, I assumed I, Elizabeth I, was just making a story. I assumed it had to be the case, so I set about disproving it with a length of rope. And I ran the rope down the long hallway, and I ran the rope down the hallway immediately beside it. And it was six feet longer. I am stunned. It is amazing, sir. Well, it must... It must be sagging or curved or something. Uh, I, I think I heard of a place uh, near Blackpool, like uh, some sort of house. Like a that... parlor trick. That is, that is what yeah. I thought. Well, no, it is amazing, sir. I believe they call them like optical illusions uh, or something. Well, I don't know. Uh, I, should I should you... have a mason come check it. Uh, that, that's quite an old part of the house. It's, I believe amongst the oldest oldest of the whole house and I, I do hope it is not it is structurally sound and not uh, well I, I'm sorry to trouble you I thought you might answer but I still can't figure it out <laughs> well, I apologize I, I don't think I can help you with your bet who was your bet uh, with I'm curious I'm, I'm quite the sporting man um 
and then I uh, I lean over and and uh, put the the uh, lady uh, Gemma on the spot. Say it. She, she said it can't be true. And I, and I said it it. It, I will prove it not to be true, and I can't. I am at oh. a loss. I have made a statement which I cannot back up. Oh. He gives Jim a somewhat disapproving look at this learning that she's been engaging in a wager. Oh. <laughs> and then, as he's not looking, I... Uh, I look mortified. <laughs> okay. Um, so probably this will be people will start heading back, you know, getting in their carriages and heading home um, for lunch and whatnot. Um, on the right back, Gemma. Do you want to ask anything, or do you just should we just skip ahead? Um, well, so far I'm totally striking out. Uh, let's just skip ahead. <laughs> okay. So later in the day, the afternoon, um, you all are free to do whatever you wish to do. Go visiting. Um, I guess Johnstone, you're probably going to head down to the parish church, the upper Upper Terryford Church, and yes, see your friend. Yes, I believe so. Having not found a wife, I have found at least something to occupy my time as I decide whether to leave England again. Okay. And Gemma, what do you wish to do with your afternoon? Um, I'm going to go back to the library and continue to poke around. What I'm looking for is a large folio that might or a role that might have information on the architecture of the house. Okay, so... If you... And I'm also looking for a key. Okay. <laughs> if you don't want to ask Sir James about it, um, then you can give a library use role. Mm, okay. If you want to ask Sir James, you can probably maybe make a persuade role to see if he can pull it out for you. That would be better. My library use strangely but neither is my persuasion so well you can either you can do also use um etiquette plus either charm or persuade oh well i'm gonna do etiquette plus charm okay I'll see if I can again complimenting him on his lovely home and saying that I continue to be interested in your home is so fascinating I just want to learn more about it I'm just completely fascinated yes I'm fascinated with your family history I'm fascinated with your home <laughs> I am fascinated with the elusive North Lake treasure oh I, I've said too much <laughs> Okay, I rolled an 88, but my charm is 65 and my etiquette is 35. So, 
Um, I did that equals a success. 88? No. Doesn't it? It's over. Not if I... You said I could... I thought I meant that meant I could add my charm and my etiquette together. No, you had to make both. Okay. Well, then it's a fail. Okay. Uh, he's still probably tired from the ball last night, so he kind of tells you maybe later. Uh, but, um, yes. Uh, but you might also ask Elizabeth. Okay. I will ask. Okay. Um, and I say you don't even have to roll for Elizabeth. Okay. You're good friends. So and she. Go ahead. Yeah, so she can take you to the library, and then she says, "Oh yes, father is, keeps the, all those kind of large, uh, plans and what things here." And she kind of shows you in the back. There's like a, a drawer, and pulling it open, there's, um, uh, the records, uh, which is the the building's records and plans. Excellent. Elizabeth, thank you so much. This will provide me hours of How? <laughs> You're so strange. <laughs> <laughs> Dusty old records. Well, I'm going to go work on my needlepoint. I'm sure it will be lovely. Mm -hmm. Okay, so what you can learn uh -huh. is the current Northlake Hall was indeed built between 1705 and 1708 by Sir Humphrey Northlake. Okay. And as you read through it, it sounds like almost all of the house was demolished to make way for it. The previous house dates from about 1530, dated from about 1530, and was uh, in the Tudor style. And it was enlarged and remodeled by a Sir Christopher Northlake and his sons, Sir Stephen, between 1611 and 1614. About the time that Christopher Northlake was made a baronet by King James I. Fascinating. Yes. Uh, do you want to give me an intelligence roll? Yes. Oh, cool. Um, it's a success. It's not an exciting success, but it's a success. Okay. So, yeah, that all checks out. You imagine he probably uh, expanded and built, uh, or Sir Christopher uh, probably be being elevated to minor nobility uh, was a good time for him to rebuild the house. Uh, the records for that, talking about the house, mentioned that there was... Uh, Foundation stones were from a medieval manor house that they reused. Uh -huh. But there's no other information about that even older house. Okay, so... Do you want to give me a spot hidden or natural philosophy roll? Um... 
Yes, I do. And I'm going to go with spot hidden. Okay. Yeah. It's a 44. My spot hidden is 50. So. Okay. So that's a critical success. So as you sit there and you kind of like look at the plans for the older house and then the current house, you basically do the thing where you kind of overlay them and you see that of the houses, the only common feature really is the long corridor. It is identical in both houses, but everything in the newer house seems to have been rebuilt. Dun, dun, dun. So... That's crazy. They tore everything down, but left one long hallway and then built a whole other house around this one hallway. That's what it seems like. I must inform the gentleman. To the carriage! To the carriage. Actually, you probably walk Correct. to the church. It's really quite yeah, close. to church. <laughs> you think I can roll the maps up and tuck them under my arm? Or the plans and tuck them under my arm? Or... Um, probably shouldn't should there. I'm going to take the roll and I'm going to, is there any kind of like a couch or settee in the room? Um, I'll say yes. Okay, I'm going to roll these plans up and tuck them underneath a low piece of furniture. Okay. I mean, you know where the drawer they came from is, so. I know, but there were a bunch of pages in there maybe and maybe I just want to be sure I can quickly access this because I'm going to try and get the guys to come the gentleman okay to see this da, da, da. Da, da. <laughs> all right so apparently it's literally like 300 yards from uh, the back of your uh, from North Lake Hall to the church. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> 379 yards. Yeah. So you just look out the back window and you wave at the gentleman. Hello! Hello! <laughs> Cheerio! Well, we have to stomp across a field, but still. Petticoats will be caked in mud. Petticoats will be caked in mud, yes. All right. So meanwhile, certainly there's a clear path. Yes. So, um, oh, and there's the lake. Hmm. Okay. So as you head over. Um, gentlemen, so you are examining the parish records? Uh, maybe simply suggesting that we examine the parish records, not so much for reading me. <laughs> <laughs> well, here in the kind of like the office of the vicarage, you've got, uh, bound volumes that, uh, talk about the births and deaths and comings and goings and doings in this 
uh, corner of Wiltshire going back to 1538. 1538, okay. Alright. We... Well, that would get us the time when the house was destroyed. And I mentioned that the house was rebuilt 100 years ago. The second time. Yeah, it was rebuilt second twice. Time. Now, why was it rebuilt? Just because, or...? Uh, this is what I was hoping you might answer, Vicar. Well, let's... Let's let's make some tea and pull up a book or two and see what we can do. Ah, tea. I miss tea. <laughs> I might have some biscuits Barbarians in, in tip, Spain but... have no idea how to make a cup. I was talking with somebody from work who's... Uh... He's American, but he's living in the UK right now. Uh, and he was saying that, you know, when he had, like, people come over to do, like, you know, work on this house, and he would ask them if they would like a cup of tea, they would tell him they would always ask for a coffee, like an instant coffee. Yeah. And he, this past weekend, found out that the reason why is that as soon as they hear his American accent, they don't even want him to attempt to make tea because they know he won't do it properly. It's true. <laughs> because, you know what? It's a big pet peeve of my wife's. It's like whenever we go to the States, they'll give her, they ask for hot tea, they'll give her a cup of water, and the tea bag's on the side. And yep. you have to Make it put, yourself. You have to put the tea in the cup and then pour the hot water over top of it. It's... It's a simple thing. And you actually put the cream in first before you put the water in. Because if you put the cream on top of the hot water, it curdles. So So I'll make the tea. And uh, you look at the records. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, um, let's see. So, um, things of interest that I would like to know is... On the map here, there's a nice little lake that's right behind here. I'm wondering <laughs> if the house and the door to the hallway actually face the lake. That'd be interesting. Oh, yes. Actually, the the door on the black on the hallway probably faces to the northwest. So, up towards so this probably green is, mound here, sort of like yeah. this way. Yeah. Oh, that way? Yep. Oh, yeah. Okay. Is that a spot of woods, or...? Yeah, that's a small woods there. All right. The main woods in the area are the Pendlehaven woods over here. So All right, I'm... so your parish records mostly are about, you know, people and life events and things like that. Okay. Well, in the family tree, <laughs> as Clay said, there's a there's a few names that do not have. They have births, but they don't have deaths. So maybe we yes. can... Yes. And so you don't... As far as you can tell, those might just be people who left the parish, and mm. no one knows what happened to them. Right. 
even if I cross-reference it to my documents? Uh, well, you know, if someone left and immigrated to, like, you know, the North or to London or something like that, yeah, you know, there's no way of knowing what happened to them. Right. Uh, so, you know, the parish, you pretty much record, oh, somebody was born, I'll write that down. Oh, somebody died and they gave laugh rights, I'll write that down, you know. Right. So, so a lot of these people are women, so they probably got married off and got went to different regions or whatever, right? Yeah. Got them, snagged themselves a good husband and moved to Manchester. That's the last anyone ever heard of them. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well. Should I make a roll to see if there's anything interesting or odd throughout these records? Yeah, give me a... Um, let's see. Hold on one second. Natural philosophy? Well, I think it falls under intelligence or library use. Ah, okay. Intelligence, please. 300. <laughs> and do I get a plus for my cup of tea? <laughs> so when a combined roll is, basically what you say is you have to roll below the, uh, the lower of the two skills. So, so that's the case where it's like, um, so in Clay's case, so in this case, like, yeah, if you have to make a combined intelligence library use roll, then you would have, whatever your roll would have to be below both your intelligence and your library use skill okay. to succeed. Right. Is that the deal? That's the deal. All right. <laughs> 99. <laughs> Ooh, critical failure. Um, uh, you have spilled your tea, your tea. sir. Yes. <laughs> tea spilled right on the records. Uh, you have to dab it up and the ink is starting to smear a little bit. It's uh, just a mess. Uh, stupid hangovers. <laughs> Perhaps I will try after all. Okay, sure. I'll shake out this volume and you try one of the others. 91. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, I found most of the tea. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, you find... You can easily look up the... The North Lakes who died in the year ending in 13. Um, oh, for the various years? Yeah, so there's... Uh, you can find that Jacob Northlake, age 12, died in 1413. Walter Northlake, age 14, died in 1513. Blanche Northlake died in 1613 at age 6. And then the last one in 1713 was William Northlake, who died at age of 6 months. And they don't have any cause of death or anything like that? No. Is that um, 
Is that odd or is that normal for? Children die all the time, so it's not necessarily odd that a cause of death is listed. Sometimes children die. Um, but let's see. You also see in here that um, Alistair Northlake, who was the uh, William's father, showed that he just died about five years later in 1718. And there's a note in the parish record next to it that says uh, he suffered an accident that led to his own death. Can you give me a no roll? A what roll? No. K-N-O-W. Oh, a canoe roll. No. <laughs> Where is my no? Should be near your intelligence. Or it might just be an intelligence check. I forget. Immediately under education. That's it. It's basically your education roll. It's okay. a holdover from the older version of Cthulhu. That they okay. use both names. Come on, dice. There you go. 59. Made it. Okay. So you, as a, as a, as a vicar, you know that uh, the term accident that led to their own death is uh, sort of like... Suicide? Yeah. I mean, it's how you say suicide without saying suicide. gone mad or whatever <laughs> mm -hmm. now you also you do know that um, outside the church in the churchyard that the North Lakes have a very nice mausoleum a, a vault perhaps you we have should... the key And just about then, bursting in through the door covered in mud is Gemma Brocklehurst. Ha-ha! Ah. I have found something! What? Is what that is tea? It? <laughs> <laughs> and we just... Plaw, whole tray goes and the flying. And the yeah, the papers go flying around. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm sure there's wind and leaves come in. Biscuits go flying. Biscuits go flying. Gemma, we will, we will explicate we what we have I said. I have found the two, the, the plans for the house, the current house as well as the previous house. Oh, interesting. And when you line them up, you can see the only thing from the old house that was included in the new house was the long word. Interesting. Hmm. And curious. And the new house was built by... Humphrey Northlake. Humphrey. And Humphrey... Humphrey, yes. Did they say what year? It was built in the 1700s and... I think it was 1710. 1710. Wow. Apparently he died two years later. Yes. 
and and Christopher Northlake was made a baronet by King James I, and so he's the one that started expanding the house, I guess. Maybe I got so Sir Humphrey's involved in all this, but then Christopher Northlake is the one that was made a baronet. Yes, and so he was the one that expanded the Tudor house. Okay. Uh, and also his son, I think. Felix or Alistair? And, well, there, so I think Alistair was... Uh, he's the one that died in 1718. And I think the, oh, the, yeah. the North Lakes were made baronets... Um, Yeah, 1705 to 1708, Sir Humphrey Northlake uh, built the current hall after tearing down the Tudor house. And the Tudor house was uh, expanded uh, by Sir Christopher and his son, Sir Stephen, between 1611 and 1614. But I think it's interesting that, you know, death is pretty common, of course, but that uh, Sir Christopher dies shortly after he is working on the estate. So he's... He inherits we the will. estate. He's made a baronet. He expands the house, the Tudor house, and he dies. And then it's Sir Humphrey who pulled down the Tudor house and put up the current house, except leaving the hallway in place. What was the euphemism in the book? An accident that led to his own death. Yes. We will reveal that information. I will suggest we stroll out to the mausoleum and see what we can see there. If you feel that's appropriate, sir. Uh, Well, on any other day, probably not. But it's a Sunday, so let us go. <laughs> we may pay our respects, if nothing else. Yes. Okay. All right. So you head out to the <clears throat> to the churchyard, and in a discreet corner, uh, with some trees around it, is. Uh, the the North Lake Vault, and and with the key, you're able to unlock the the heavy iron gate and enter. <clears throat> and as you go down, you can see that uh, there are two stone plinths. Uh, and you see, uh, on one rests the coffin of Robert Northlake, 1717 to 1795, and on the other one, Isabella Northlake, from 1722 to her death in 1802. And then around on the walls, you see that there's a large number of niches, 
with ossuaries of other fa earlier family members. Dare I look and see if some of them appear to have died in any way, perhaps not in their sleep, having spent time on the battlefield? How do you mean? Uh, do they appear to be have suffered um, damage to the skeleton that might be visible? Okay. So, do you want to give a do you have a skill that apply, or if not that, then I guess a spot hidden. Uh, I can roll a spot hidden. Okay. 20 out of 40, so a half okay. success. You examine them, um, and this will probably take you a little while, but as you do so, you... Peering into the oscillary niches, you don't see obvious signs of violence. Um, or if you do, it's... Um, you don't see anything that you would think would be unusual, I, I should say. That was a long shot. Anyone else looking around or doing anything? Yes. Are there any crops buried? I'm sorry? Croft? Anyone with the last name of Croft? Croft. That would be... Hannah Croft. Um, I, Emma Croft should still be alive, but Hannah Croft or her. Joan Croft. Joan Croft. <laughs> uh, let's see. Who are these Crofts? Uh, You don't see any? Okay. We should also check and see uh, any of the uh, people who died on the 13th are in here. Okay. Uh, you look around and you don't find any of the uh, 13th people. Like no Walter Northlake? No, you don't find any of them. You don't even find a plaque or anything. That is interesting. That's fairly unusual because usually if someone died and they, like, say, drowned and there was no body, they would still have a, a plaque normally. Perhaps go through all of the... Are there any plaques that do exist? Maybe read through them. There's, yeah, there's quite a few, and you see a lot of the other names that are in the family tree in here. So the most recent mm. one we should see is William Northlake, which is the baby who died in... You find Alistair Northlake, but you don't find William. Right. And and nobody with the last name of 
Well, I mean, I think the crops that was their maiden name, right? Yes, but when I'm looking at in the family tree, the names that don't have a death date tend to be the the women who are marrying into the family. So you can see their maiden names. Mm-hmm. But there's crops keep popping up every few hundred years or a couple hundred years. So there's a croft in the 1400s. There's a croft later on. There's a croft. And then Emma, the dowager Lady North Lake, was a croft. So my question is, are these all the same person? But my character probably isn't going to make that. Perhaps we could examine the (laughs) croft records in the uh, church. Ah. Yeah. Yes. Are there croft records in the church? Uh, yes, the, it must be a local family. Yeah, it's a local family, and you can find a lot of similar information about the Crofts as you can for the North Lakes. And probably what you find is that some of those Crofts are buried in the vault, just under their you know married name. Hmm. But examining the records, so I guess you all lock up the the vault and head back into the church. Yes. Okay. Uh, so yes, examining there, so you see that there's the cross is one of the other kind of notable local families. Uh, so, the Dowager Lady Northlake is the one that's supposed to be sort of vague and dotty. She is one that we should probably try to talk to. She might actually tell some stories. That might be your duty. Yes. Maybe later on this afternoon, after she's had her afternoon nap, I can uh, bring her some tea and or something. Mm-hmm. Um, should I check the... I want to check the... Oh, whatever it is. The vault or whatever. The tomb and see if it's... Uh, if there's any weird markings or something that's out of place that's not Christian. How about that? Give me a spot hit. Yeah, four. Oh, nice. Alright, you examined it very closely and you don't find anything out of place. It seems like it's a well-kept mausoleum and no funny business. Hmm. You don't even find a secret door. No. <laughs> and why the okay. music? Yeah. <laughs> okay, we so... We were getting close to something. I just... Hmm. Sounded like it. <laughs> so if... Uh, Gemma's going to head back in time for tea with uh, the Lady Dowager. Um, what does the good captain and the reverend want to do with their afternoon? Getting on toward early evening. Hmm. Where else might there be records of that goings-on? Probably no place but the church. Can you think of anything, reverend?
well, there would have to be money exchanged for building the house. And maybe local supplier for what has gone on for quarry. Would, the, would there quarry. be any record on the deeds when they purchased the when they did the work on the house? Could be. What kind of records? Um, probably the records were what uh, Gemma was looking at. Yeah. Ah. Okay. Hmm. Um. What else could there be? Well, there could be the hearsay if there's a pub around. <laughs> there is indeed. There is a pub in Terryford by the name <clears throat> of the Four Feathers. Mm, a reference is... to how you treat a coward. Oh, those are the Four White Feathers. <laughs> um, if you want to give me a history roll mm, not going to have much of that but I'll try it Okay. 22 out of 5 <laughs> alright so it's a botch yes you have no clue uh, why they would call it the four feathers <laughs> and then also in addition to the four feathers uh there's also which you know it, like being a pub you know probably has rooms to rent and things like that in addition to that there's also a um <coughs> there's uh, an ale house which is just for drinking and it's probably a little bit more disreputable um Bring up the map of Terryford. Roll twenty. <laughs> nice timing. Yeah. Maybe we'll just go with something a little bit more town-like mm -hmm. for audio. Okay. So yeah. So right there at the crossroads roads of the main road and the. And the north road uh, is the uh, four feathers. Is the four feathers, which has been there a long time. It's possibly the oldest building in uh, Terryford. And then, uh, the ale house is down here on the south side. Uh, so those are the two drinking establishments in town. Well, we could go with the old settle a bet and see who who knows the story. Find the old codgers. If you're not uh, too uh, worried about drinking on a Sunday, Vicar. Oh, I could use a hair of the dog and a nice meat pie. <laughs> oh, allow me, sir. Okay. Well, right then. So the gentlemen ride to town to go to the pub, and Gemma, you slog back through the mud back to the North Lake Hall? Yes. I, uh. I'm gonna have to go and change, obviously, or else go and try and put on a new petticoat. Yes. 
Okay, so let's see. So the you guys, so let's see the Reverend. You probably shouldn't be hanging out in the alehouse. It's a little too disreputable, probably for your yeah, uh, uh, your brand, as they say. So of course. head over to the Four Feathers and. People are in there drinking, and they, of course, they greet you, Reverend, and compliment you again. Uh, those that were in Upper Terryford Church this morning, Thank and you. they will uh, buy you a pint. Oh, too kind. And let's see. Uh, If you anybody wants to try to use either charm or persuade, you can see if you can get a, see what kind of gossip you can find out about the North Lakes. I shall persuade. And so shall being I. Being the out of towner. And, uh, or if you and, want to ask about the the history of North Lake Hall, that is something maybe some of the older codgers would be happy to tell you about. Oh yeah. I'll, maybe I'll go that angle. Okay. So no roll for uh, that. They just want to tell you. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Um, I rolled a 53 out of 50. And if I have to, I'll spend luck. Well, you don't have to. Get it. All right. So, on the history of North Lake Hall, you can find out that uh, uh, I was. It was here before they built the town when Sir Anthony Terry built the town here in 1376. Uh,. And those those North Lakes, they've always lived on that spot. Uh, and then they kind of like, you know, talk about it a little bit more and, you know, argue a little bit over dates, but agree that Sir Humphrey North Lake built the hall uh, about a hundred years ago. Which you already knew. Uh, did he use okay. a lot of did he use a lot of local folk to source materials and do the building? Yeah, they could probably talk about uh, their old guy talking about his grandfather probably worked on it uh, when they was building it, but he doesn't know any of the specifics, like anything about the hallway. All right, so go to charm or persuade to see if you can get. Yeah, I'll persuade. Yeah, 38. 38. Mine's 50, uh. so. <coughs> well, they'll tell you that the, those North Lakes are rich. They've probably the richest family in the county, and they've been so for hundreds of years. Um Although they weren't always so as well-respected as they are these days. How so? How did they get uh, their riches? Well, what I heard, sir, is that they got uh, trading in gemstones. They, uh, they was, came from humble stock, was what he'd heard uh, his great-aunt told him. And they made a fortune buying and selling all kinds of, you know, fancy diamonds and rubies and things like that. Hmm. But nobody knows where they got them. 
Interesting. Do they travel or are they just wheeling deal? I reckon they were just good wheelers deal. I never heard of them you no know, taking trips off to foreign lands or nothing. Uh, Fascinating. Them North Lakes, they must be just be sharp, sharp traders. sound <laughs> thank you for the pint interesting well still don't know how that hallway works but mm. oh well well everyone as you talk to them they have a very generally positive view of the North Lakes. They consider them to be, you know, they're they're wealthy sorts, but they're not uh, they're not stuck up. Um, they always are, you know, friendly and they greet you on the on the road and things like that. So they generally think they're the good the, the good type of lordship. Well, I've heard hmm. tale of some untimely deaths in their family. Could you tell me about that? Uh, well, I know that they had a, the number of them died when the plague came through, uh, but that was, that was, well, how long ago was that though? That was, you know, centuries ago. Yeah. Um, uh, but everyone around here was dying back then. You know, that's what, that's what I read in the history books. Um, uh, but... Other than that, they really don't know much about it. Uh, they can tell you that... Uh, yeah, I think that... Uh, they probably don't even know that much about Alistair. So I'll say that you're not going to find very much about North Lake deaths from these guys. Okay. Well... It's a Sunday, Vicar. Perhaps... I shall call it an early evening. But uh, okay. thank him for a good conversation. Yeah. It's been an interesting day. <laughs> Mystery thicken. All right, and then we'll cut over to Gemma. Now that you have freshly changed and come back downstairs and you can find uh, the Dowager Lady Emma uh, sitting in the parlor playing uh, solitaire. Oh, perfect. Give me a luck roll. I rolled a six. Okay. Says so my luck is at forty. All right. 
So Shiggy looks up and she is, you know, kind of pleased to see you as you come in and bids you to, you know, take a seat or play a tune on the pianoforte. Uh, she tells you these, these long afternoons, you know, can really weigh on one's mind. Okay, well, I don't know that I can play the pianoforte. <laughs> I don't seem to have any music. Uh, the question is, have you been pretending like you can play music? The whole time you've been like, oh, my hand cramp. But I, yes, of course I can play. But not right now. Yeah, I'm sure. Of course I've been. Yes. Um. So I, I'll say, I would love to play for you, but I, I injured my hand and it's just my playing these days. It's just terrible. I would love to hear stories. This, your family is just so lovely and fascinating. I would love to hear any stories of your old, ancient family history. Oh. Well. Is there, she'll start telling you stories. Is there anything you want to guide her conversation toward? Um. Well, I don't know th about the gem. So I'll just, I'll say, this is such a beautiful house, and it seems it's so old. Are there, and I'm fascinated by her. Do you know any stories about how this house was designed or the, you know? Well, she tells you that she knows that there's some, uh, some records in the library. Um, she, she basically talked to you about some of the main points about the, the hall's history. Uh, but probably not anything you haven't already heard so far today. So then I'll, I'll tell her, I was like, family history is just so fascinating. And one of the things that I do wonder about is courtship and romance. Do you know any stories about the courtship and romance of ages past? Oh, of course, you know, she can talk about stories like that. Um, are you asking about, like, romance in her family's history? Yes, yes. But I'm basically, what I would like to know is uh, more details about the different relationships. Because I'm just, you know, without saying, I've noticed in your family tree, there are a lot of people who don't have death dates. Uh, but that's what I'm, I'm curious about. Okay, so she can talk about, you know, aunts and uncles and, you know, older people. Um, but she's not, doesn't really, isn't going to tell you anything, like, really juicy. Obviously. Um, and. Well, okay, I've got one more, one more idea. I'll say, tell me tales of when you were a young What was it like? What was the world like? What was the town like? Did you know the North Lakes when you were a young? Oh, she was, she was a North Lake. 
No, she's a croft. Oh, okay, got it. Um, of course she did. She married into him. Um, and yeah, she can talk about the the grand house and you know the wealthy family and everything like that. She let's see. Talks about how she met her husband, um, and Edmund, I guess. And how did she meet Edmund? Did they know each other when they were children? She saw him riding through a field one day, and uh, they ended up chatting later. And then uh, he came and uh, courted her formally. And her father gave permission. Uh, okay. So. As she's talking you these stories, she kind of like gets around to and she mentions uh, that he when they married that she was able to wear the North Lake jewel uh, on her wedding gown. Uh, and that was something that quite impressed her pa. Oh, how exciting! I've been admiring that jewel in the library. What is the history of that jewel? It is beautiful. Uh, well, she will go ahead and tell you that, you know, it's handed down from uh, generations back in the North Lake family, uh, back when they, before they had their title and they uh, traded in gemstones. Uh, it's here in London after the family arrived from France with uh, probably coming over with the Normans. And the North Lake settled in this area and had a, a manor as part of, you know, like being part of the Normans. Uh, and they quite became quite wealthy uh, and were able to provide loans to one of the uh uh to the royal at some point she forgets which king uh and it wasn't long after that, that they were able to get a title oh they loaned money to the king yes that's interesting And she will actually, she will take you into the library to show you the jewel. Oh, uh, yes. And she pulls the key out from, for the case, from where it was hidden in a drawer of the desk. Excellent. And unlocks it. Hmm, this lock is a little stiff. Uh, and then, you know, she kind of pulls it out and lets you examine it. Do I see anything interesting, or it's a fancy? Uh, we'll see. Do you want to give it an appraise roll? Yes. Now that you're holding it. Yes, because um, among other things. Yeah. Anything engraved on it? Oh wow! I got a four. Oh nice. Almost certain. Okay, so you can see that this is um, the stones on it 
around the the large stone are oval and square cabochons, uh, and there are ru ruby, emerald, and sapphire. Uh, the method of preparing these gemstones appears to be very old. Um, before the cutting of stones became popular in the 16th century. Hmm. And with a hard success. That, yeah, so the date on the little label that says 12th to 13th century sounds pretty accurate. Um, is there any engraving or I mean, because it's it's in a setting or is it a just a dupe, like this it's setting? in a setting okay. and on the back you can see inscribed Ospert North Nordlack N O R D L A C made me as I made him. Ah! <laughs> well, that's just office. <laughs> and so presumably Ospert was an ancestor of the North Lakes, and the name Nordlack is probably the original French name that was uh, anglicized yes. into North Lake. Do you want to give me a uh, history roll? And what was the quote again? I'm, I'm writing it down. Ospert Nordlack made me as I made him? Or did I get yes. That? That's exact. That's exactly right. I rolled a twenty-one, and is that a success? I. Ugh, no, my history is like five. Okay. All right. Um, give me a psychology oh, no. roll. Oh. Say I, I could put some luck, but maybe psych. Okay, that is much better. Okay. My psychology uh, is a six. And I rolled 18, so that okay. is, it's a good success. So from that, you can interpret that maybe that inscription has to do with the gem trait, as in the gem made him. Ah. Made him rich and wealthy and made his, yeah. became. Yes. Okay. Anything else you want to ask Lady Emma? Um. I'm gonna say <laughs> who was Ospert Nordlack? Um. She is not sure. Um. He must have been quite uh, an ancient ancestor. Does she look like she's telling the truth when she says that? Uh, psychology roll. 
I rolled a 13 this time. Yeah, you do think that she was telling the truth, that she honestly has never really thought about who this person was. She was more... thought the, the jewel itself was cool. Um, okay. And she may be getting a little bit tired of this conversation as going to go back to playing her cards soon, unless there's something else you want to ask her. Oh, I'll just tell her. I thank her for, you know, taking the time to show me the lovely jewel and to tell me the stories, and I'm sure that she would like to, you know, go and relax. This conversation may be tiring, and I'll ask her if I can bring her anything, you know. Shall I call the servant and ask for a pot of tea? Yeah. The nights are getting short. The nights are getting longer, and so yes, uh, a spot of tea sounds lovely. Oh, good. So I'll go and arrange that. I'll ask her if she needs her shawl or anything. Okay. And she'll put the the jewel back in the case and lock it, and then put the key back in the desk. Which I am noting. <laughs> was there any kind of special thing, or was it just in a secret drawer? Uh, it wasn't even necessarily in a secret drawer. It was just, like, in a particular place in one of the, the mini drawers in the desk. Okay. Cool. What kind of gem was it? Uh, the gem itself is, I believe... Double check. The central jewel is a ruby. Uh, uh. And the whole the whole brooch with like the two concentric rings with the gems, the smaller gems around it, uh, is probably about uh, three and a half inches across. Okay. That's so pretty sizable. Okay. Um, so, uh, I guess dinner comes and evening comes. Uh, is anyone doing anything else this evening? It is the day of rest. Yes. Yeah. Alright, so we can... Probably move on through the evening to Monday, the uh, September twentieth. And what would do you think you all would like to do? Well, I think we need to check the corridor. See if it's got long. But all right. are you doing this after breakfast? Or are you yes. waiting for the gentleman to show up? Yes. Assuming they show up. I'll just saunter down the court. Okay. So you're going to go down the corridor and kind of like count for paces and try to measure it again? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um...
As you pace down it, you find that it's now almost 28 paces. Oh, wow. So it's now... maybe over 9 feet longer than it was that it's supposed to be. So I will definitely report this when they arrive. Quiet. I'll pull them aside. Whisper. Or maybe I'll write it on a little piece of paper and um, slip it into somebody's... I <laughs> Give me a spot hidden roll uh, as you're alone in the corridor. Okay. Uh, nope. I got an 83. Okay. I'm spotting nothing. Yes. Okay. So I guess uh, Reverend and Don Stone, you're coming to uh, pay a visit? No, we'll call on M on Gemma. Okay. Is that proper? <laughs> yeah, I mean, people came visiting. It was the main form of entertainment. That's true. Yeah, especially if you're sort of this upper class, upper middle class, leisure class. And so you come in and you're sitting in the small parlor and chatting, I guess, as, you know, Elizabeth comes by and notes that these two gentlemen are paying quite interest in her, her, her Gemma. She gives you a smile as she kind of like, you know, leaves the room again, you know. <laughs> An officer. Okay. <laughs> what would you all like to do? And I guess, Gemma, you have some information you that you've learned. Yes. So I uh, try to discreetly share the information, uh, both from talking to Dowager Lady Emma from the previous afternoon and then also what I've discovered in Longport. And ask them if they would like to see the Longport. Would that be proper? It's 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 a regular hallway though. It's not the servants hallway, so I think it would yeah. be perfectly fine. Well, then your, your visitors and it's on the first floor, so. Yeah. Okay. Fair game. Mm -hmm. Sure, why not? Okay, so she leads you to this corridor, and as you arrive here, um, you again, you see the corridor seems it's almost like disorienting as you look down the the length of it as you come in. Uh, and again, it's no windows except for the the windows at the far end where light is coming in. And it's otherwise fairly gloomy in here. I, uh, I will get the rope <laughs> and okay. I will do my measurement again. Okay. And... Reverend, as you're doing, you're kind of in the hallway, can you give me a spot hidden check? Sure. Eight. Oh wow. 
Okay, so... Okay, so as you are uh, as you're kind of walking around, you've got uh, Gemma is sort of waiting by the doorway, and Captain John Stone is you know unrolling his rope from one to the other and muttering off you know numbers. Uh, you notice something out of, out of the corner of your eye, and as you turn to look at it, you see something very strange. Oh, oh. Yes. What you notice is that kind of you're about midway down the hallway, and as you look toward um, the the hallway on the right hand side, you know the one kind of between here and the uh, servants' passage. Yes. Um. It's almost like one of those magic eye things where all of a sudden you just sort of see through the wall and or it's like there's slats or something and all of a sudden you're just kind of like able to see something else beyond the wall and you know as you kind of stare peer between the slats of reality um you can see some sort of like rocky vista um like a, a bleak plateau with rocks and chasms as far as the eye can see. And you see gray clouds full of electrical storms hanging low on the horizon with lightning flashes. Give me a sanity check. Oh boy, okay. <laughs> Twenty-eight with uh, sanity is sixty. Okay, so you pass your sanity check, and in this case, you take no sanity loss. Nice. So it's freaky, but it's not madness-inducing. Um, uh, what do you do? Look. Do you see it? Do you see it? The portal? I I look back to see what he's talking about. He appears to be pointing at the wall on sort of the north side of the hallway. Well, why shouldn't I look at the wall on the north side of the hallway? I will look at the wall on the north side of the hallway. Do you come over to where he's standing, or do you just look at it from where you are with your rope? I look at it from where I am at the first. Uh, it appears to be a normal wall with, you know, paintings and, you know, sconces. Yeah, I'll walk up and tap on the wall. And look back at him. And he's kind of pointing and telling you kind of exactly how to look at the wall. 
Okay, I will look at the wall like he's trying to express. <laughs> okay. And give me a spot hidden roll, but this time you get a bonus because he's kind of showing you where to look. So uh, 20 re- out of 50, so okay. half success. Uh, yes, so you see the, what he saw, this like almost like vertical uh, gaps in the wall all of a sudden help allow you to see past... Um, and you see this rocky landscape, you know, night sky, lightning flashes, all of that, you know, just on the other side of this wall that should be the the hall, servant's hallway and the kitchen on the other side. Give me, a, give me a sandy roll. Oh, okay. A 49 <laughs> out of 40. Can I spend luck? No, you cannot spend luck all on right. sanity checks. I have failed my sanity check. Okay, give me roll a 1d4. D4. PTSD for the soldier here. Three. All right, you lose three points of sanity. I react appropriately. (laughs) (laughs) Now, you don't... You have to keep track of, I think, whether you either lose, if I remember correctly... More than five points of sanity in one go, right? Mm-hmm. Or if you lose more than 20% of your sanity, which I guess would be eight points, in a single day. I will narrate what I see in alarming detail. Okay. It is, it's do you, seen do you, through do you, the... Do you call Gemma over to look, or do you tell her to, to avert your eyes? It's horrible. Uh-huh. I'm just going to say what I see, which is peering through the wall onto a say what endless dark vista of gray rock. And as if the wall had opened like a, a set of slats uh, on uh, exposing a horizontal chasm between each piece of the wall into another world. It's... It's... Ugh. Ah. So, Gemma is as curious as the classic cat is gonna say. Oh, how fascinating! I must see this myself. All right, so nip over really quickly. Okay, give me a. Spot hidden with uh, advantage. Now, well, I rolled an 81. Even with advantage, I don't think I'm going to see any. What was your other roll? Oh, sorry. I rolled the same thing twice. Sorry. Oh, you rolled 81 twice. Okay, got it. No, no, I rolled 81 once. Did you, so then you get to re-roll the, the 8. Okay, I, ro- I re-rolled... So that'd be 21. Yes. Okay. So I, And I rolled a 20, so then it would be 21. Jed? Oh, get on the crazy train. Yeah. 
Yeah. I can do the whole thing all over again. I don't know. No, no, no. You did it correctly. Yeah. Okay. Rolling with advantage means you're like the first roll, you get an 81 and then you roll the eight again and then you rolled a two. So that gives you a 21 as your, what your roll was. And my spot hidden is 50. So at the. Okay. So you you see what JJ has, or Captain Stone has just described to you. And indeed, you peer through the slats of reality and see horrible, weird landscape that is impossible. And give me a sanity roll as well. Okay. I rolled a 65 and my sanity is 80. Okay. So that's the whole in reality. Seen that before. No biggie. <laughs> and so Gemma is going to look to the two gentlemen and say, hmm, I wonder if this is where the gems came from. Maybe. <laughs> Shall we uh, try and poke off? Maybe it's not worth it. <laughs> It's just a thought. Just a thought. I want to try putting my hand through. Oh, yeah. All right. As you place your hand on it, you feel the, the rough surface of the wall. And pushing on it is like you're just pushing on a wall. So it's right now. It seems like this. Vision is almost like you're you're just seeing a projection on the wall. Hmm. But how does that affect the rope? Give it time. <laughs> the hallway will get a little longer. The wall will get a little thinner. If you really want to go through. Yes. Of course, sometimes they don't come back. Remember? Maybe I should go back to the battlefield. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't worry about wife and family in England. Maybe I should just go back home. Slaughter people with artillery. Captain, are you with us? Are you with us, Captain? Please place your tray tables in the upright position. <laughs> if if the gems, if they did get the gems from this strange land that we can see through the wall, maybe we could get some gems too. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> well. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha!